0: Hebrews chapter 4, this time, Hebrews chapter 4. And the title of my message this evening is, You Can Trust Jesus. Have you ever had somebody tell me, Just trust me, just trust me. And sometimes you're a little leery of that, uh, especially if your life is depending on it. Just trust me. I uh, You know, you want to make sure it's someone who's trustworthy. Well, with Jesus, you can always, always Trust him. He'll never let you down. And Hebrews chapter 4, let's read, starting at verse 13 down through verse 16. Neither is there salvation in any creature that is not manifest in his sight. I don't know why I I added the word salvation, but, well, we know there's not salvation in any other creature, but uh, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eye of him with with whom we have to do, seeing then that we have a great High Priest that is, uh, passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a High Priest which cannot touch with the feeling of our infirmities, it was an all- tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Come boldly unto the grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we ask for your will to be done right during this time. God, use me to preach the message of light laid in my heart with power, with clarity. May the folks not see me and uh, the flaws I have, but may they hear your message and be drawn closer to thee. So, God, be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A small girl was promised the privilege of climbing a, a pretty high hill in her area, and her older brother was going to take her. And so they finally, they got to the hill one day, he finally agreed to help her get to the top. But when she got to the foot of the hill and she saw the narrow path and the jagged rocks and and just the rough terrain to get to the top, she kind of stopped and was a little frightened by it and said, oh my, she said, that looks so steep, it looks so, uh, 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 you know, dangerous because of all the rocks and such. And there isn't any smooth spot anywhere. It's all bumpy. It's all, uh, all uh, stony. And so her brother replied, but how else could we ever climb to the top if it wasn't? The stones and bumps are what we step on to get there. And so that is much like what God has done in our lives, if you think about it. He allows the afflictions to come into our life he allows those trials he even puts them in our path so that we we might uh, you know, look at that and think boy this is a stumbling block this is something that's going to hit me. this is something that's going to trip me up but in reality for the believer obstacles can be stepping stones and that's what they really are it's during those difficult times of life that we can really grow more than we ever have our faith can be increased and and so they, uh, you know, to a higher level of Christian uh, walk with the Lord as we uh, depend upon Him. But we, we uh, are amazed. Sometimes we grumble and complain, don't we, because of the bumps and the stones that we're forced to, to uh, overcome in this, in this world and on our journey. Yet we fail to realize that in everything we face, God has a plan. And even as we struggle, we are just heading up. We, we just, as we, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about this morning, keeping our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. But um, these believers, and look, look with me at verse uh, 14 again, and it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now, here... Uh, the author of Hebrews is, is writing to a group of people that were going through some tough times. Uh, they, were, um, they were being persecuted. They were um, tortured. Uh, they were even put to death for their faith. And at the very least, they were ostracized. They were uh, removed from society. Uh, you could say in our day and age, they would have been canceled, right? And... Uh, and and they couldn't buy, they couldn't sell anything like others could. And so this was what was happening then. Yes, it was hard. Their faith was a daily struggle, and uh, I'm sure there were those at this time that felt like giving up. And so they, they wouldn't stop being saved if they said, you know what, I know we're saved, but we're just not going to publicly profess Christ. Because doing that, Will put a target on us, and it will hinder uh, our, our lifestyle. So we're we're saved, but we're just not going to say it. We're not going to uh, uh, publicly profess Christ. And now, would that make them unsaved? Would that cause them uh, to uh, miss heaven because of that? No, it would not. If a person's born again, even doing that. Uh, is not going to cause them to lose their salvation. How can you lose something when well, it's eternal, right? But uh, nonetheless, uh, this, uh, they were willing to stop proclaiming Jesus publicly so that they could enjoy an easy life. I can't say that I blame them. I, you know, we can understand why they did that. And while we aren't being persecuted to any real, real degree today, Um, we are still tempted to live outside the absolute faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know how easy it is when you're in that group, and boy, maybe they're criticizing the Bible. Maybe they're attacking Christianity. We do one or two things. We just don't say anything. Or, you know, I don't want, boy, I don't want that, all that uh, to be lodged toward me. I, I don't want that attack right against me. What will happen if i say something what will happen with my job what will happen with my friends by the way they're not much of a friend if you can't uh, you know whatever happened to the day where we could disagree agreeably you know where I, i've had conversations with people who did not believe the bible did not even believe that god was real but we could have a simple civil conversation good night we don't have to pull out the knives and start going at it one another and, kind of what we see happening in our society today. Uh, You heard about the fellow who ran over that teenager. And um, where was that at? Uh, I think North Dakota or something like that. And uh, he said, well, he was a Republican extremist. Well, I don't care if he was a Nazi lover. And uh, what gives him the right to run him over? And, And, of course, that proved to be untrue. But nonetheless, I'm just saying, because of a political difference, that's the way we we act in our uh, many act in our our world today but this is uh what they were facing here they were facing some very difficult times standing for christ persecution and even death and we're we're tempted though to um look to other sources for help when we're in we're struggling rather than turning to the lord may I, i remind you that Jesus Christ is still vastly superior to any other form of assistance. He really is. Why is it then that he's usually the last one we go to in the time of trouble? And we have a a great need. God's plan is still that his people live by faith. I mentioned that faith this morning. And you know the truth is, not all of us can sing. Not all of us can play an instrument. Not all of us can maybe preach or teach a class. But all of us can be faithful. All of us can be faithful. And that's what God requires of us. Romans 14, 23 says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If it's not of faith, the Bible says it's sin. Hebrews eleven six. 6, But without faith, it is in faith. Possible to please him, to please God. Now back at 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Without a question here tonight, that's God's will for your life and mine, Christian, that we live by faith, that we trust him. Take him at his word. Now, it's easy to lose faith, but one thing we must avoid is um, the temptation of falling into doubt where we begin to doubt the Lord. Have you ever listened to a, maybe a, uh, a documentary on some religious matter, or maybe uh, on the Bible, and, or just someone talking? And boy, it seemed like they had such profound thoughts. And they seemed so, boy, you know, what would I say to that? How, how, how would I uh, you know, combat that and, and debate that issue? Because they so- sound like they have everything right down in line. Um, but look, what we have to understand, uh, we don't ever want to get to the place where we begin to doubt. You don't have to doubt God's word. I don't care who he or she is. That may wax eloquent on their their uh, points of, of denial of the truth. And they may sound like they have all the facts. It's like some evolutionists, right? They talk like they have all the facts, but they do not. Uh, They know how to twist words. They're very good at arguing the points. But um, this that you hold in your hands tonight, I remind you, is God's word. It is absolutely true from cover to cover. We don't have to doubt it. We don't have to be intimidated by the world around us. And, yes, you may feel like there's no way I would go uh, try to debate this person. He seems like he's, he, because they are smart. They know how to argue. They know how uh, to twist things, even our own conversation around. But just have faith in God's word. Um, and you can, you, you can find the truth. It's there. All right, so I, I, I want to, uh, you, you know, just be reminded here tonight, in whatever you're facing, you can trust Jesus Christ. You can trust him because he is worthy of our faith. And I want you to see that he can be trusted with anything um, and that you will ever need in life. That You, are, you, you can trust him. Uh, if, if we can trust him to forgive us of our sins, to wash us clean from our iniquities, and give us eternal life by faith, don't you think we can trust him for the smaller things in life? Sure we can. And we need to learn that, though. Um, let's just see some areas here real quick in the short time we have. Uh, number one, look there again at, at verse 13. God knows your path. God knows your path. Um, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. This verse deals express. Ex- especially or expressly with the idea of, of judgment. And it reminds me that God keeps a perfect record um, and will one day uh, ex- execute swift, accurate judgment. All you need to do is read Revelation chapter 20. I believe, I believe it starts at verse 11 down through around verse 15, talking about the great white throne judgment. Yes, it'll happen. Well, what, what is God waiting for? Why is, has God waited so long and all that's happened and what's taking place now? Why does God allow it to happen? Well, all we know can say with confidence is that He's a very patient God. And for that, I don't know about you, but I am very thankful for. Uh, because if He only gave, as I mentioned here several times recently, if He only gave us one chance to get saved, most of us would have never gotten saved. So, The same attribute that allows God to see all the evil deeds of the wicked is the same attribute that also allows him to see all things in our lives. Uh, Those that love him, those that are walking in him, and observe the steps of his children. Did you know that God truly does care uh, for every step you take in life? He does care. And so the first thing I want you to see and understand is God is watching God. I saw that weird commercial on, um, what was it, uh, about something on the Internet, how they are watching every, uh, everything that we're doing. And I thought, boy, isn't that, isn't that true? They, they know all of the, the places we go and visit and see, and, and it's all there uh, recorded somewhere. I don't understand it all. But the thing is, they don't know everything, but God does. God knows everything. Now, look. That can be a great joy. When you, uh, if you've ever, ever had a breakdown, you just had one not too long ago, didn't you, Chuck? <laughs> and, uh, but you weren't too far away from home. But, I, you know, have you ever broke down and you, you had no signal and you're way out in the middle of nowhere? And, and, or maybe it's the days before the cell phone. Some of us can remember how that was. And, um, and so isn't it nice to know that somebody is going to be there for you? That they, even though I can't make a call, even though I don't know where I'm at, that somebody is going to come and take care of it. It would be nice to know that. But God is that way. Wherever we are, whatever we're going through, He's always there for us. And we can trust Him. And, and so uh, God is watching. Listen to Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are, up, are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So Sometimes we may think, well, nobody knows anything. You know, I do these things, and I'm trying to do what's right, but no one really cares. No one sees it. And uh, so why do I do it? Well, God sees it. He's keeping record. He sees the good that is done as well as the evil. And then Matthew 10, verse 29 and 30, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the hair of your head are all numbered. And so all of these things, if God cares for a sparrow, he definitely cares more uh, for you and I. And, and he, he's, he's watching. The disciples, remember when they were in the storm and they were struggling, and, and uh, in Mark chapter 6, uh, we, we don't need to turn to all these passages or we'll be here all night, but you remember the story. And Jesus knew about it. He wasn't with them. He, he was having prayer time. And, and yet he knew their struggle. He knew their toil. And he'd come out walking on the water to them, to meet them in that storm. And so he was watching. He sees your trials. He sees your temptations. He sees your tears. I always like this verse in Psalm 36 and verse 8. Thou tellest my wonderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? I I, I don't know that I can say I fully understand everything about that verse. But to me, it does tell us that God knows every tear that's shed. He does care for what you're going through. And uh, he is keeping track. He is keeping record of the wrongs that have been lodged towards you and and of the good that you have, have done. And so God is not only is he watching, God is working. How many times have you thought or maybe heard someone say, where's God? Why didn't God do something? And uh, maybe you thought that. But God is always working. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are, are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. So God is... is if you will take time to look back in your own life before you even got saved, you will you will become more aware of how God was working in your life, bringing things together, bringing people into your life. Um, th- there are no such thing as an, a, a coincidence. God is divine, and he works on our behalf. He's always working. Regardless of where life leads, you can be sure that God is still in control of everything. That Romans eight twenty eight 28, it is a true verse, that all things do work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And God will work all things out. You say, well, how do you know? We have many, many examples. testimonies right here, I'm sure tonight we could have. But listen to Joseph. Joseph chapter, Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph said, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, talking to his brothers who... Um, it had him imprisoned and sold him into slavery and such. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Uh, Joseph had it right. Yeah, God is in control of all of these things. They may have thought they were in control. They may have thought they were uh, taking care of their problem. But no, uh, God, God, even in all of that, God was there, is still in control. Um, and then Ruth. What a great story Ruth is. Ruth chapter 2, verse 3. And she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Just by coincidence. Just No, no. God was leading in all of this. Who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And uh, that's important too as we read the story there. But uh, here God was directing Ruth to her husband and amazing story and so all things do in all of her she lost a husband in her young age she um, left her home and rightfully so followed her mother-in-law back to uh, Jerusalem and back to Israel and there uh, she meets Boaz it was not by chance it was not just a roll of the dice and boy the stars had to be all in line for this to happen no God was working On Ruth's behalf there's again I remind you there's no such thing as a coincidence for the life of the child of God there's only providence God is working God is working not everything God does is pleasant but everything God does is right and it's good for us a small boy was playing by a lake and he had one of these little sailboats that he had made and and he was floating in the water and, uh, and suddenly, the wind started blowing. It kind of drifted that, that boat out away from the shoreline. And the little boy started crying. And then an older boy came along, and he picked up some big rocks and started throwing them out there. And the little boy said, what are you doing? Don't throw, why are you throwing rocks at my boat? He said, you don't understand what I'm doing. And he said, I'm throwing the rocks beyond the boat so that the waves will bro- push the boat back to shore. And so that's the way God often works, isn't it? We don't understand what he's doing. But he's doing it on our behalf for our good. Everything, you know, everyone would rather have sunshine and flowers all the time. Or, or, or no showers, I should, should say. Sunshine and no rain. But what would happen if we had nothing but sunshine and no rain? It would be an awful place, wouldn't it, if it never rained again? Uh, I, I read about a place in northern Chile a region between the Great Andes Mountain Range and the Pacific Ocean where rain never falls. I thought that was fascinating. Morning after morning, the sun rises brilliantly over the the tall mountains there uh, to the east, and each noon it shines brightly down from overhead. In the evening, there's brilliant sunsets, and uh, although storms are often seen high in the mountains, they never touch that part of the of the ground and heavy of heavy fog banks can be seen out in the ocean but again they uh it it never affects that territory and so the sun continues to shine on this favored and protected strip of land one would think boy that's a paradise boy that's a place that I, i would like to be no rain no storm sun shining every day but it's a desert there's no rivers. there's no water, there's no life. It's, it's a, a desolate desert. There are, uh, uh, and too often we, uh, we long for, in our life, to have total sunshine and always have joy in, in life. And, and we wish to be rid of all the burdensome responsibilities that we have in life. But like this sunny, unfertile part of Chile, Life without its burdens, life without its trials would, well, it would not be productive, not be creative or or challenging. We need sunshine and showers. Uh, You know, you you farmers here would not have much to farm if it was not for both. Both are needed. And so, and then another story, during the Second World War, I never heard, I don't think I've ever heard this word, I may be mispronouncing it, but it's, a uh, metallurgist. You ever heard that word? Metallurgist? Again, it's, it, here's what it is. They, they test steel. And they during World War II, they tested the steel being used to tanks for the American soldiers in the front lines of the war. They had, uh, had to be sure that the metal was not too hard or too soft as it passed through the tempering furnaces. And tension was applied to um, ascertain its breaking point. Checks were also uh, taken to uh, make certain that the armor would be bulletproof. If any flaw uh, flaws uh, showed up in the steel, it would undergo more tempering. And when it left the factory, it was fully prepared to withstand the stress demanded of it. And so without all of that, uh, going through all that stress, that metal would not have been able to uh, protect the men in battle. And so it is with you and I, Christian. God's children, to make for His to to, uh, uh, to make us fit as instruments of His praise in this world. He He puts us through the fire, the kiln, if you would. You ever work with some clay, and you you know you make that that piece of clay, and it's kind of dull. I mean, there's no real color to it. But you put the um, what is it called, the glaze, or something on it? Is it glaze? And you put that on there and then you put it in the kiln and boy, it comes out just beautiful, shiny and, and, and really nice. And so, yes, God does put us through that that fire, that kiln, if you would, um, and and places us in that testing room of life to make us a better person. So pressure constantly applied to sanctify us, to grow us, to make us uh, into the image of Jesus Christ. Um I thought this this was an interesting story. A, a man lost his home and his mill in a huge flood. He lost everything. He uh, So he was there just kind of looking over all the damage. He didn't know what he was going to do. He had no money. He'd just lost everything. And he noticed something glittering in where the home used to be. And he found a, a, a lot of gold right there. So all the time, he thought he was a uh, uh, broke but now he's actually a wealthy man because of that gold, even in spite of that storm. If it had not been for that storm, he would have never found that gold. Uh, another couple was devastated when both of them, they lost their jobs at the same time. The only problem was, well, not the only, but one of the main problems was they lost their job, but they had so many things they were making payments on. So they were deeply in debt, no job, no way to uh, have income, and when all of this happened, Just right there at that same time, their septic tank in the backyard collapsed. Not just that area, the whole backyard collapsed. And they were, uh, you know, when it rains, it pours, and just one thing after another. And so they found that it was going to cost thousands of dollars to try to do that repair. And so the husband, he says, well, you know what? We don't have the money. I'm going to jump in to do this myself. And so he gets out there in the back, starts digging, and all of a sudden he noticed something shiny. He reached down and picked it up, and it was a gold coin. He kept digging. He kept finding gold coins. He found $1.5 million worth of gold coins in the backyard. Uh, I think that took care of their debt, for sure, or at least I hope. But, um, you know, listen, what, what he and his wife considered a tragedy, God, God used to get glory from. And so God is, he is watching, he is working. And another thing, God is waiting. God is waiting. God is, is confidently waiting at the end of your path. Um, you remember Stephen when he was stoned? Where was Jesus at? Remember what he did? He stood, didn't he? And and welcoming him into glory. And uh, so the Lord is there at the end of our path. Everything God does in your life, um, everything he allows to happen in your, your life is simply his way of maturing you, of making you more like Jesus Christ, shaping you into the image of Christ. Ephesians 4:13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Um, God's desire is that we decrease so that he might increase, and that is his uh, his, uh, his plan, his will, but he's waiting. And then secondly, God, um, not only does he know your path, he knows your pain. Again, it's never a good idea that you go into a hospital, maybe you have a friend that's there and they have gone through some really painful things and you say, well, I know how you feel. Well, not unless you've been there, do you really know how he or she feels. Or, you know, that uh, I can remember Bill Clinton say, I feel your pain. And, uh, well, it's easy to say that when you've got millions of dollars and you don't really have, um, you know, much burden as far as financial on him at all. But, um, listen, God does know your pain. God does know what you're going through. Uh, Look with me at verse 15. See if you notice this. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. There's a double negative there in uh, in, in verse 15, and that makes this a positive statement or exclamation here of the Lord's power. He feels our pain. Again, I go back to the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Uh, The Lord uh, felt the pain there of, of Stephen, stood and waited for his entrance into glory. Uh, Saul, remember, you remember when Saul uh, got saved? He's on the road to Damascus. He gets knocked off his horse. He's on the ground. He's speaking to the Lord. And, but this is what the Lord said to him in Acts chapter 9. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You see, what I, what my point in bringing that up is this. God knew the pain of all of those believers who were being persecuted because he was the one he was being persecuted he knew the pain that they were going through and just as he felt the pain of those people he feels your pain as well Um, when you uh have a need in your life heaven is moved to take care of that need god cares jesus knows what you feel and he loves us regardless of what we're what's happening in our life when you hurt he hurts. And I think that is um, clear by just those couple passages I read. But he is familiar also with our problems. Some may ask this, well, how can Jesus know what I am going through here today? He is perfect and he's way off up there in heaven, away from all of what we're dealing with here in this world. How can he possibly feel what I feel? He is able to know what humans feel because He has lived life just as you have lived and he's experienced the same hardships that you have faced uh, or maybe are facing tonight but he understands temptation he was there the devil tempted him there in the wilderness and uh, the nature of his temptation 1st John 2 16 for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life and is not of the father but is of the world but the devil used that those temptations against Jesus Christ. Yes, he did not sin. He, uh, Jesus was not only sinless, but he was incapable of sinning. In some ways, I think this was uh, harder for Jesus to go through. Think about this. He had never never uh, sinned at all. He didn't know what really I, I, he knew what sin is, but he had never uh, been in this place before faced it like this because he was perfect. He was sinless. And yet he remained that way. And so he understands temptation. He understands rejection. Can anyone more understand rejection than Jesus Christ? Boy, he had his, all of his disciples rejected him. Uh, they forsook him. And, and he had uh, even family members that turned against him. And uh, he, he, he understands what it is like to be rejected. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the children of God, John 1, 12. Then he understands poverty and need. We talked about that this morning. Uh, again, he was not born in a palace, born in a stable. His father was a carpenter. Uh, they were poor. And um, he understands poverty. He understands need. He was thirsty. He was weary. He understands those things. He understands grief. Uh, you, you look at the story of, of, um, of Lazarus, his friend who died, and he came there to the tomb, and he wept. He understood the grief of the family. He understands loneliness. Again, uh, being left there as he uh, stood before Pilate, and even Peter denied that even knew him. He knows what it's like to have no one around him who understands what he is going through now we feel that way at at times i'm sure you've been there too but he knows what it means to to hurt alone he knows how to help you through those troubled times and he wants to um he knows what it is to be lonely let me close with this thought here god knows your problems there in verse 16 let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He offers help. The, the Lord uh, uh, gives man an open invitation to come into his throne boldly and uh, uh, to get the help that they need in life. He, he offers or invites all of us to come. Now, why is it that he who should be our first resort, to, it's the first one we go to in the time of trouble, is often the last one we go to. You know, and I, I catch myself saying things like, well, uh, all I can do is pray. Well, what do you mean all I can do? That is one of the greatest things we can do. And, and how often do we try to uh, work things out on our own, manipulate the situation, and, and, and then after everything fails, we go to the Lord. Uh, wouldn't it be so much better if we went there first? Uh, God's plan for you in the time of trouble is that we, you know, come to Him. Um, what did Paul say there in Philippians chapter 4? To think on these things and have the, the right kind of thinking. And then he offers power, uh, uses the word throne there. Uh, he, those enthroned during the days of, uh, uh, that held. you know, during those days where kings and queens were ruling, Uh, They held absolute power. You come before the king, the king could have you put to death. No one would think anything of it. That's the king's rule. He is in charge. But Jesus isn't like that at all. He's a king who does truly hold absolute power, but yet he loves us, and he wants to do things on behalf of us. Uh, The power of any king is only as great as the power of the kingdom behind him. But with the Lord Jesus Christ, he is all power. Um, he, uh, he has power, Ephesians 3.20, able to do all of these things. He has need-meeting uh, need, uh, need meeting power. He can meet every need that you and I have. Paul knew that in Philippians 4.19. He has cleansing power, able to cleanse the soul. He has healing power. Uh, numerous times we see all through the Gospels of Jesus healing uh, uh, with physical needs. He has a a load-lifting power. He's able to lift that burden from us. He uh, has had mountain-moving power. He can move that mountain, just a grain of a mustard seed if we have that much faith. And then he has all power. Um, Matthew 28, all power is given unto him in heaven and earth. And so his power is all summed up there uh, in in Ephesians chapter 3, basically saying that he is able. I know we sing the song. I know we've talked about this often, but let's believe it. He is able. Is there anything that our God cannot do? No. Is there, can he, is he able to do anything? Yes. And uh, so God is able. Take your need to Him. And then uh, He offers a promise. His promise to us is that when we come to Him by faith, we will find what we need to meet the need of our heart and our life. Uh, when we were unsaved and we went to Jesus Christ we found salvation it was there offered to us freely and and tonight as a Christian every time we go to him there's a need in our life we will find what we need in Jesus Christ he will give us exactly what we need I wish I had time to read all these scriptures but I I think we also can see how with Paul uh, his grace was sufficient even in his uh, uh, physical shortcomings but have you uh, been tempted maybe lately here as we talked this morning just to, uh, to quit, to lose faith, and does it seem that, that what you have going on in your life is a load that's too much for you to bear, and maybe that's how you feel right now, and it gets uh, just so heavy at times, but maybe Satan or, or some foolish people, I would call them around you, are telling you, you know what? i uh, just give up. There's no use going on. Why do you still live for a God who doesn't do all of these things for you? And you know how uh, that's how the devil is, and there are foolish people around giving that kind of advice. But let me encourage you tonight. Don't give up. Come to Jesus Christ. You can trust him. You can trust him with every need. He is able. If you will trust Jesus with your problems, your your needs, by faith, he will never, ever fail you. Um, tonight, maybe um, you need to be saved. Well, come to Jesus. You can trust him. In fact, he is the only one who can save you. Whatever the need is, trust Jesus tonight.